Money talks. But so do we. I'm Lauren. I'm Kat. And I'm Daniel. And And we're we're your your friends friends with tax benefits. We are here to sound off about write-offs. To get wise about wealth building. And take the taboo out of tax talk. We work at TurboTax. So obviously, this is what we love to talk about. But we're not here to replace your tax professional. In each episode, we'll share real talk about money with our personal opinions, advice, and jokes about all things financial. What we won't do is share any opinions on behalf of Intuit, TurboTax, their brands, or employees. Did the lawyers make you say that, Kat? So stop scrolling on Tax Talk. Call your financial professional later because it's time to talk tax, friends. Hi, I'm Lauren Thomas, and I'm the queen of all things social media at TurboTax. Joining me is Kat and Daniel, my two co-hosts. Hey, Hey, Lauren. Lauren. I'm Katharina Rickmans, but everybody calls me Kat. I am an enrolled agent and tax expert for TurboTax. I'm Daniel Thrall. I work in customer success at TurboTax, but I'm famous because if your e-file gets rejected, you might hear this. Hi, this is Daniel with a message from TurboTax. I'll help you fix it. Welcome to our first episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. Have you ever heard the saying about there being two certainties in life? Well, taxes is one of them. We work for TurboTax, but we also have to manage our own finances and file our own taxes. So we'll be using our own personal experiences and questions to learn more about all things tax and finance with the help of our resident tax expert, Kat. Today, we're talking all about the creator economy. There's been a huge increase in the number of creators and the number of young people who aspire to be YouTube creators and TikTokers when they grow up. (laughs) A few weeks ago, you may have heard that Forbes magazine released their first ever list of the top earning TikTokers. If you saw the list, you may have heard that two sisters, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, topped that list. Between them, they've got over 200 million followers on TikTok and raked in over $20 million in earning in the past year. Dang. I don't have a TikTok account, but I aspire to that someday. I don't know what they do. I don't don't know, but I I heard in the green room earlier today when we were chatting um, that they have a television show on Hulu. That's crazy. Their show on Hulu premiered last fall, The Demelio Show. It's really like they're the new Kardashians for the TikTok generation. Huh. And wh- what is Addison? Addison Ray? What's his claim to fame? Her claim to fame. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I said. I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she ended up doing a lot of these TikTok viral dance videos. I see. Basically, they're making videos about like their lives, whatever that is, if that's just dancing or just all things them. So... Very cool and clearly missed our calling on this. Uh... You know, it's, you know, it's funny is when you say like they're making a video about their lives and those videos are them dancing. It kind of reminds me of like, um, I'm kind of dating myself, but you know, like uh, there was a t- TV show Cop Rock and, and like they had drama and it'd be like, will you go out with me? And, and you know, like, and so their lives was, you know, they singing through life and these people are dancing through lives. That Cop Rock lasted about two weeks and it, I think Addison and the Demelios are going to go uh, further than that. Um, anyways, L- good for them. Listen, Daniel, what it's telling you is that if you see one of your kids making a TikTok in the living room, don't stop their shine, Dad. They could be the next millionaire, okay? And or <laughs> hop in that 
video because I've got some moves too. I'm saying. I mean, those generational family TikToks were taken off for a hot minute. I don't think it's too late for you to get in there. Did you say a g- generational TikTok? Is that for like, uh, like, um, don't age 40s? yourself. It's like mom, dad, like 20 somethings like myself. Do- <laughs> that's yeah, it's mean, like right? the videos that showcase like the baby, the parent, the oh, grandparent, you know, I hopping see. up and doing a dance and showing the multi generational love that everybody's yeah. got the moves. One trend we see is a lot of confusion around what is a personal expense and what is a business expense for content creators. Given that a lot of content creators have an overlap between their businesses and their lives, there's so many questions that they have at tax time. So let's get into the three for three. Each of us will have three minutes to break down useful tips that content creators can keep in mind at tax time. Daniel, let's kick it off with you. I know that you used to be in a band And as an old school content creator yourself, you may have some really useful tips for our audience. I appreciate it, Lauren. Yes, it was in the late 1800s when I was the front man for a a band. (laughs) Something I want to bring up is this, this, uh, it was in the 60s. There was this psychology experiment with kids, four and five-year-olds. It's a famous experiment called the marshmallow test. And what they did is they put these kids in this room and they sat them down with nothing else in the room except a table, a little plate with a marshmallow. And they said, hey, kiddos, you can eat this marshmallow now. But if you wait until I come back, you can have a second marshmallow. And what they were testing for was this, the ability to delay gratification. And what was fascinating is the kids who ate their marshmallow right away, they're like, I can't take it. And they ate that marshmallow versus the kids who were able to delay gratification. Um, the outcomes for kids who delayed that gratification and could wait when it came to saving, when it came to, you know, um, career success, um, academic achievement, they went much further because of the ability to delay gratification. And so when I thought about that in the content creation space, um, I used to have a band. And one of the things that we decided as a band was like, hey, even though we're super broke and we have no money, we do not want to spend the money that we get from playing shows on, you know, going out for beers or a date night with our sweethearts because we said, hey, we want this money to fuel this creative endeavor. And so it reminds me of the marshmallow test because what we were able to do was take that money and we were able to continue recording albums with this money that we that we generated from playing shows. And so something that I want to just put out there as a question for content creators is you're making money and that's fantastic. Think about what you want to do with that money. Is it like, hey, I want to buy, like I can afford a car now. That's fantastic. Or I want to, I want to go on a, a great vacation. That's awesome. Or consider, do I want to use this money that I'm making to, to help fuel this, this creative endeavor that I have? There's no right answer to it, but just consider, you know, the implications of, of either and kind of why you're doing it. And we decided as a, as a band, like we're not playing in a band and writing songs and recording music to fund date night. We were doing it to, to fund the creation of more, more music. So something for content creators to think about. So Daniel, you made some really good points there. And what I took away from it most was that, you know, when you make that money, reinvest it into yourself. You want your videos to be of the best quality, your audio to be of the best quality. So maybe like your cell phone or your microphone, take it to the next level. You make a little bit of money from a brand or a sponsorship go ahead and reinvest that, get a new iPhone, get a new mic. People want to see high quality video and audio nowadays. I think that that's really important. That's what's going to define, is this a hobby for you or is this a business? Are you making these videos because they're fun or it's because you have intent to make money off of it? Now, hopefully 
making the money and it being fun go hand in hand together, but sometimes it might not always feel that way. I think reinvesting in your business, you're going to get the most return. What's also important is as you're spending this money and reinvesting it in yourself, keeping records of what you're spending it on. Most of the things, well, generally speaking, if they're for your business, for your content, you'll be able to deduct those as a tax deduction. Sometimes it gets tricky, like, well, I got my nails done. Do I get to deduct that? When in doubt, just keep track of it all. Once it's tax time, you can work through what you're allowed to deduct and what you're not, but having it all in an organized fashion, whatever that looks like for you. So that way, when the tax deadline rolls around, you're not like scrambling to put all the pieces of the puzzle back together again. I think that a lot of people get confused that, oh no, I just make videos on social media. I'm not self-employed, but you are. Once you're earning money for yourself, you're self-employed. So you're going to have to pay taxes on that money once you make more than 400 bucks. So you really want to keep it all together and know that, hey, that ring light, I get to deduct that even if it was a little bit more pricey because it's going to make my videos better and it's my job. It sounds like the difference between a hobby and a business is one, the intent to make money and two, earning over $400. So it could be a business and you maybe didn't make over $400, but the $400 threshold is what's going to like trigger that you're probably going to owe some taxes on it. So yes, the main thing is, did you have intent to make money? And what the IRS is concerned about is when they look back on the past five years, if you've been doing it, have most of the years been profitable for you? Because nobody keeps doing a business that doesn't make any money. I love this idea of record keeping for people who are self-employed. I think that is so critical in our lives in general, and especially when it comes to our money and taxes to be really organized. So keeping track of the receipts for things like equipment you're using for your business, keeping track of mileage if you're going somewhere for work, tracking things as we go makes it a lot easier than having to scramble at tax time to find receipts for that microphone you bought six months ago. I also think that's very true for for personal finances. I feel like often when we're in a state of anxiety around our finances, people tend to avoid looking at their bank statements and their credit cards because they're so scared of what that number might be. But I think it's important to find a moment to look at all your numbers and see where you are financially. And that way it's more empowering to you to be able to course correct it. If you need to save more, pay down debt faster, I think we can't really tackle challenges that we're not willing to look at (laughs) and make a plan for how to move forward. And it's funny, one thing that's been coming up a lot for me is this idea of, I think as a business, as a creator, there's so much to manage, Uh, your content creation, your finances, your workflow, your time. And I think there's so much of a conversation around time management, especially for those content creators who may be doing it as a part-time side gig while they have a nine to five or other streams of income. And one other thing I think is so deeply important is this idea of energy management, right? Not only how are you managing your time, but how are you managing how your energy ebbs and flows throughout a day or a week so that you can really enable yourself to maximize your time. And part of that really does include rest, right? I think our culture now is so go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And a lot of us really need rest and time with friends and family to be able to operate at our highest capacities and create more content or earn more dollars. And I think that should be an important part of a conversation for any small business owner or self-employed person or creator 
when they think about the full picture of how they live and work. You said it, Lauren. I think like now that we're earning money in non-traditional ways that we were, you know, programmed for, that you need to create your own work-life balance. Like hustle, hustle, hustle. But at what point do you feel like burnt out? Let's dive into some Q&As from our TurboTax customers in our audience. Luckily for us, we've got a tax expert right here. So let's go ahead and get into our Q&A section with Kat. First up, someone would love to know, in the last year, I've built a following on Instagram, connecting with other single moms. I'm already making a little bit of money linking out some of my favorite toys and products, but I've recently been approached by a brand, good for you, that wants me to do an ad for them. At what point will this impact my taxes? Do I have to report the money I'm making if it's a small amount? I think that people get that confused all the time. Like, well, it's not that much money. Do I have to report it or do I have to pay taxes on it? So the IRS would like you to report all income. They just want to know if you're making money that they get their cut. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's how it trickles down to. So $500 a month, you've already put yourself in an area where we could say roughly for the year, what you made $6,000, you have triggered probably some tax liability. So you're required to report your net self-employment income. So the net means after you made the money and you took out what it cost you, what you're left over with, that's your net. So once you've racked a tax liability of $1,000 or more for the year, you're expected to make an estimated payment. It makes sense because think about it. If you were earning money as a regular employee getting a W-2, that money that they're taking out, each check that's not in the bank account, the stuff you're not seeing in your pocket. Now I'm not talking the Medicare and Social Security money, but the other money withheld for federal and or state income taxes, that federal and or state withholding is held toward any tax liability you may have had at the end of the year. So being self-employed, you have to make those payments yourself. So as a creator, um, even on social platforms, like I said, it might feel like a hobby, but you're employing yourself. You're making money for yourself. So even if it doesn't feel like work, you're self-employed. I know that's like sometimes shocking to people. Like self-employed? What? I'm just getting some money from clicks, you know, but that's income. And it's going to be important for you to keep track of all the associated things with producing your content. So those are all considered business related expenses, which makes them tax deductible. So it's going to lower what you may owe when you complete your tax return. Keep in mind that you're going to need to pay some estimated payments like quarterly, so every three months or so. But then also keep in mind that all the things that it took you to make that content, you get to deduct. So at minimum, you needed internet, right, to make it happen. So part of that home internet bill, part of that you can deduct. If your content was that you are a hand model and you're giving us TikTok nail videos and that's what you do, then yes, the cost associated with those manicures for that video, then you could deduct the cost of that, but not your general grooming things, unfortunately. Even if you take those hands out with you in the rest of the day, you're saying it's still deductible. Yeah, because it has to fall within like the nature of the business that you do too. So like the hand modeling gets to do the manicures 
are deductible. But now if I just happen to wave my hand in the video like this, then like, no, the manicure is definitely personal. So it has to be kind of like natural or normal to your business. You know, one of the questions I have about that, though, is, you know, some of the things that we use partially for, you know, personal use, uh, your computer. Um, and, and you know, imagine that it started off and it was like, hey, this is my computer and I like going on the Internet and blah, blah. And then suddenly you start making money in this thing that you go to partially for fun and partially for self-entertainment and then partially for it's turning into a business. Uh, how do I, you know, um, how do I deal with that? Yeah, so that's interesting. And I think that there's a lot of overlap in things we do, especially with content creators. So they use their cell phone. Obviously, that's how you're going to upload your TikToks, your Instagrams. But you also get a personal phone call in there from your mom. So you basically have to attribute a portion of, let's say, your phone bill, right? So your phone bill is hundred dollars a month. If you're using it about half of the time you're on the phone is for the purpose of your business, then about half of your phone bill you can deduct. So $50 a month in that $100 case. So there are things like that the same way, like you might not normally drive for most of your content creation, but if you did have to go to a location or mail something out as it pertains to the nature of your business, then you can deduct those miles. But now you can't like deduct your entire car purchase unless that car was just solely for business. Thanks for that advice, Kat. Here's another question from our audience. When I used to work in sales and had to wear a uniform, I was able to write off my dry cleaning expenses. On TikTok, I wear the same outfit that is basically a uniform. Can I write off dry cleaning? I also travel to film in specific locations. Can I write off the mileage? So good and bad news for this one. So bad news is, unfortunately, you likely won't be able to deduct the dry cleaning costs of the outfits that you're wearing on TikTok because most times you could wear that outfit like outside of TikTok, like a jeans or a blouse. But the good part is that you can write off uh, the mileage that you use driving to specific locations to film. So I know the the uniform one in dry cleaning is it's really common. A lot of people have that misconception but I like to give people an example, like think of a painter wearing a paint jumpsuit. That would be deductible because likely it'd be covered in paint and he likely would not be able to wear that elsewhere. I mean, it's not an outfit that would be really used. It's essential to the job and it's essential to his function. But you definitely should be tracking your miles as you drive from place to place to film I would suggest this is when like an app is going to come in handy because you remembering that there's a lot that just as soon as you turn it on, it's using your GPS location to get those miles. So definitely driving to filming locations is going to be a deductible business expense. You know, one of the things that I don't want to take for granted is when we say like, oh, you can write off those miles. I just remember my dad had this like this little like teeny notebook and he would write like how much gas he put in. And I like, I did not, and I still do not, how do that translates to taxes, which gets me towards using software because, and I just think about it. Like, I think this is the way that it works is if you say, Oh, I'm going to the post office and you put your starting address and you put the post office address in and it calculates it and it'll put how much you can write off and it'll suck it into whatever tax software you use. And, and so it 
translates or does the work of what does this actually mean for taxes if you use a tracking app or a software that has maps in there that just logs your miles? Is that the easiest way to do it? So yeah, you're going to like, when it comes tax time, you're going to want to know those total miles. And the reason you want to know the total miles is because each year the IRS sets an amount for how much each mile is worth. So um, it normally fluctuates sometimes up and down. Right now it's at 58.5 cents per mile. So if you want to think about it, every two miles you drive, you get a little bit over a buck, like about a dollar seventeen every two miles. So that's going to be considered an expense. So if you earned $100 and all it cost you were the miles, then you would get to minus those miles away from the money you're earning. So that's when they mean like write it off. I know a lot of people are like, I don't know, what does write it right. off mean or who pays for it? But that's what it is. Essentially, there's like an amount, the same way you would expense your lighting equipment for your TikToks. So it makes a total number depending on how many miles you had. And then you also have to pick. I know it's kind of crazy, but you either get to do the miles or you get to do the gas. Oh. But you can't do both, which is always really surprising mm. to people. So sometimes it, people think that, oh, the gas, then writing off the actual expense is better. But sometimes you do a lot of driving and that cents per mile is worth more than what you were actually spending on your gas for that small little trip. And you have a paper trail? or a digital paper trail in your app. If you got audited, you, they, uh, here it is. Here's all the trips I made. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to like backtrack with your little notebook. Maybe you lost the notebook. So yes. yes, yes. And I will say one thing, there's so much confusion right now with so many people working from home. And there's a lot of these expenses that are deductible if you're self-employed, but they're not at this point, if you're an employee who's just working from home. So if you are a nine to fiver and you're commuting to work, that is not deductible. If you're a nine to fiver and you have a home office, that is not deductible. Yeah. Years ago, you could deduct some expenses that you incurred as an employee that were not reimbursed. But like since there's been some tax reform, you you can't anymore. So you're right. Yeah, there is confusion. Some folks think that like, oh, well, I have an office and especially like work from home in these like recent times, you feel like, well, I, I have this desk here and I work from it. But yeah. And I mean, there's also confusion on even if you are self-employed. If your office is also your guest room, the space has to be exclusive to like, it can't have a bed in it. Essentially. That's one of the things that they like highlight because then it's like your guest room slash office. So the, the space needs to be like dedicated solely towards your business when you are self-employed to deduct it. Same thing, Kat, right? If it's like, it's your kitchen or it's the living room table if it's a space that's not dedicated exclusively to your business. Yeah, then it's not. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate because sometimes you don't have those extra square footage to exclusively dedicate to your business. But um, I know a lot of people sometimes run their businesses out of their garage. That I know you, you can because some people will see clients out of there. But yeah, it, it can't be the shared common space like the kitchen or the dining room table. Thanks so much for that answer, Kat. Such great tips. That was our first episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be offering up more tips that will get you ready for tax season. Bye, Lauren. Bye, Kat. Thanks for the tips. Bye, y'all. See you next week. 
Friends with Tax Benefits is an Intuit TurboTax podcast produced by Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Daniel Thrall, Katharina Rickmans, and Lauren Thomas. From Intuit TurboTax, Jane Lahani is our executive producer, and Tony Melinda is our video producer. From Frequency Media, Jordan Rizzieri is our producer, Catherine Devine is our associate producer, and Matthew Ernest Filler is our editor and sound engineer. Concept development by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pashesnik, and Isabel Moncloa Daly. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. 